So Wanahead used to have a podcast. Do you remember that? I do. Uh, you read the stories. All bed bedtime like. Yeah, it was. It was. That was exactly. That's exactly what it was like. It was me. I was actually in my bed under the duvet, and I would record the podcast on my phone. It was like a, it was like an, it was audio books of the uh, the newsletter. Do you remember what 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 the podcast was was called back when we had it a few years ago? No, I just knew I could listen to your voice while it went on my day. Very lovely. That's, that's all you really needed to know. It was called uh, the Magic Podcast, which, which at the time I was very happy about. I was very impressed that no one else had called a podcast the Magic Podcast. So anyway, uh, years later this week, we're, we're we're prepping to do this this new podcast, and so I go to name it again as the Magic Podcast, and I realize someone has since taken that name, and that person. Let me just check my notes. Is Craig Patty as Jacob? Oh, oh no! Podcast. I would really hate for something like red to happen all over. Again. <laughs> yeah. just... We're coming after you, Patty. We're coming after you. <laughs> I'm Rory. I am the editor of One Ahead. I'm Nathan. I'm One Ahead's content producer. On this month's show, how one magic product review caused total chaos. We deep dive into the Craig Petty EDC controversy. Also, did Michael Weber spend the last 20 years undercover as new guy? Oh, God. Plus, <laughs> a prediction trick you can perform for family and friends. All right, so what is our first story? Mom, the magic reviewers are reviewing each other again. Of course they were. I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> the story is about controversy surrounding a magic trick. The Fall by Noel Quilter. Noel which which involves a card being pushed through a plastic bag and appearing on the other side. A negative review of the trick was posted on YouTube by magician Scott Perry, who criticized the product for misrepresenting itself in the trailer and for various flaws in the trick itself. This led to backlash from other magic shops and reviewers who defended Quilter and criticized Scott Perry for being unfair in his review. I think backlash might be an understatement. It was pretty um, it was pretty impressive how how heated this this one got. Yeah, as someone who kind of stays away from the magic reviewing scene, even I saw it and saw the backlash on social media. It was, uh, so for something to get that big that quick, it, oof, like. It was, yeah, and obviously Alakasam got involved. They posted it. it, I I mean, look, we wrote about it on one ahead, and I think the main takeaway from it was just how sort of redundant and ridiculous it all was. But I guess there is like a broader conversation to be had around like, magic product reviews i gotta say i used to and, and obviously craig pay is coming up but i i used to come home as a, when i was at school and i would get home on a wednesday come home and watch the wizard product review really really noon on wednesday it was noon on a wednesday because i would be getting in trouble in high school for watching it on my phone but does that culture exist now are we just like are we just older and don't or, or like is it just that there's more sources to reviews so it's all getting spread like I don't know what's happening because that that show used to get like ten thousand views every week, and now Huge for the uh, community, you know, yeah. mostly is yeah, most of these reviews get like a few hundred now. Like, is that just because it's all spread out, or are people not do people not need magic product reviews as much now? Well, I, I think it's a kind of a, I guess it's a shift in the YouTube space because, like, I mean, and we've kind of touched upon it in conversations where. A lot of people like the reviewing because they, they want to know how the trick works. And they and obviously some reviewers are very quick to be like, okay, this is just my opinion of it. I'm not going to tell you how it works or whatever. But like back then there was an entertainment factor to Craig Petty and uh, David Penn that 
it was fun to watch. And now I feel like everyone's just pitching products. That's what it feels like. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I watched review shows when I was a kid because you're right. I wanted to know how the trick worked. That's definitely the first thing was like, I was hoping that they would slip up and say something that would give away the secret because I hadn't worked it out from the trailer. It, that's if I was seeking it out. And then I think a lot of it was just like, I wanted like my weekly magic fix. And I feel like mm-hmm. you can get that from a lot of places now that you can't you can't get it there. And it should be said that Scott Perry definitely exposed the trick, not in his initial review, but he did in like his follow-up review. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd yeah, say he absolutely. exposed about 90% of the method um, in the it's comments. <laughs> yeah, man, in the comments, someone called him out for it. And I think his response was something along the lines of, so long as a reviewer doesn't reveal the entire secret, then it's sort of fair game. And that's a, that's a weird stance. That's a weird hill. That's a weird hill to die on. I didn't reveal all of it. It's like... It's yeah. It's just it's. I just think that if it, it, I don't know, it's a lot easier to work out how a trick's done if you know ninety percent of it. But then also, I, you know me. I'm I'm the opposite. I, like, I don't mm-hmm. believe in like an industry of selling secrets. I think it's kind of weird and gross. I love people like uh, Jeff Price who have you know on their website you can see the methods to everything. Mm-hmm. You know what you're buying. There's no kind of like secrecy behind it. So I guess. I guess that this sort of like product review culture is just a product of an industry that's reliant on secrets, right? Like if you knew what you were buying, you wouldn't need, because they're not reviews. Like, you know, if you watch like a movie review on YouTube, it's almost like unboxing videos. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's people go to these reviews to find out like if, if what they're getting is actually what they're being sold, like that, it's kind of like verifying yeah, what's, because like uh, ad copies and magic is weird. Like ad copies and magic is just fascinating to me because like I see these ad copies where it's like no strings, no magnets, no this. And it's like, oh, you, you've eliminated some of the best methods. So like how, how am I going to trust that this method is a good method, right? And then that's where you go to product reviews. That's and, what's and, interesting that when a company says no magnets, it's not because they think magnets are a bad method. Like any good magician would love working with magnets. It's because they want you to be fooled. And if it's not magnets, they want to tell you that. So it makes it hard if you to work it out or figure out ways to do the trick. Um, exactly. And I, I think th- that industry within itself with the ad copies probably leads to magic reviews that kind of hint at methods and kind of give takeaways to that. And you're right, because like when I'm looking at a review, uh, especially as someone who's a casual performer, I perform for friends and family. I want to know if the trick's good and fooling for other people. I don't care how other magicians perceive it. I want to know if it's going to like fool my friend Emily. I want to know if it's going to fool my friend Matt. Like that's what I care about. And so, like when it's like, oh, the method is derivative of this, and got it. I don't care. Uh, are Emily and Matt real names, or did you make up fake names to protect their identities? No, those are the real names. Hi, guys. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to kind of summarize this story, but it, it, it shit hit the fan, man. It got really, really, really dramatic between everyone. Um, and you can read the full story at one ahead, but we should probably just quickly uh, run through some of the comments and then we can get to the more juiciest stories that we covered this month. Absolutely. Uh, so first we got uh, Jack Rhodes who said, I'm equally fascinated and wary and confused by the magic industry. Uh, great article as ever. He gave you a little kiss at the end of that sentence, but yes, I am too very fascinated and wary <laughs> and also confused by the magic industry, Jack. You're not alone. I don't remember seeing the kiss, but if he did that, I'll happily accept a kiss from Jack well, Rhodes. Um, Nigel you know, Quinn wait, said it's... <laughs> No, you go, you go, man. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, so we got Dave Moses, uh, who also said, uh, the thing I liked was how negative, uh, review opened the door for other reviewers to go deeper into their content and go deeper. This is, this is true. It was, it was this weird ripple effect where there was this one very critical review and then all the other reviewers kind of defended the product, but also defended reviewing in general and then also also a lot of them did follow-ups and did like a deeper dive into the fall itself mm-hmm. um which i don't know my takeaway on the fall is like if you see the trick and you like it that's the trick like it, I, I think if you buy it and you're shocked by the method then it's it surprises me um but mm-hmm. it looks the way it looks and if you're wanting to do the work that's how, how it works um and then quickly nigel quinn it's a, it's a beautiful illusion I- poor, poor nigel quinn is never getting his comment <laughs> <laughs> no nigel you don't get to say anything no i'm sorry oh my god sorry nigel moving on now nigel said <laughs> quinn said it's been like inception level with these review of reviews which i think is a good uh, a good summary of it Yes, absolutely. And if you enjoyed this story and you want to hear more about it, we got some great news. Uh, Literally, as we're recording this podcast, we've heard a big update that involves the Magic Circle. And I think we're going to start writing on this this week. Yeah, we'll get it out uh, this this Thursday. That's the... That's the plan. It, these stories, they always end up bigger than than you anticipate when you start writing. It's a, it's a nightmare. <laughs> Speaking of stories that uh, go a lot bigger than we originally intended, uh, what do we have next? Uh, it's called Who's Got the Receipts? Part 1 in brackets. And what's funny about this is when we were working on this, we had no idea there was going to be a part 2. I cannot stress enough how much we thought this story had wrapped up. And we spent like four days writing it thinking... Just get everything in one post. Um, but yeah, we did retroactively add part one to the title of this story. Um, and it's the story of Craig Petty's new product release with Murphy's Magic. It's a receipt trick and its potential release caused a huge public feud between Petty and a prolific name in mentalism. I asked Chat GPT to summarize the story in a paragraph and it literally couldn't. It glitched out. It was uh, it was too long. <laughs> well, we, what we should have done is hired one of those women who does like true crime podcasts and have them do this because this could be a whole series it, it could have 100 percent been an entire series it felt like a netflix series the whole time I, we were writing it as it happened and because it kept happening we, i started <laughs> writing it because i thought the story had finished and then every day i would refresh to like fact check and something else would happen and then Oh my god so it ends up being a six thousand word story it's free to read on oneahead.com Definitely check it out. Like I said, it took us a few days to write and a uh, big thankful to the handful of readers who volunteered to fact check. I put out a call, a call, call to arms. Is that how you say it, Nathan? Call to arms? Yes. Call to arms, yes. I put or out a call, call to, to arms, uh, a call to action for our Substack readers and uh, six or seven people volunteered to help fact check the whole article because 6,000 words is too many words for us to fact check uh, as it was happening. So here we go. Are you ready for me to try and just recap the story uh, as quickly as I can? It's going to be terrible, but but I can try. Three, two, one, go. Ten years ago, Craig Petty released a trick called Web, which en- Web called Red, which ended up being a trick that was previously released called New Wave Prediction. And to make matters worse, he'd published on a magic forum years previously that the trick he was accused of copying was one of his favorite tricks, like top three tricks. Um, mm-hmm. At the time, apparently, if you listen to some guy called New Guy, Michael Weber bought the rights to New Wave Prediction to specifically go after, and I quote, 
Craig Petty. God, that is the first bullet point on my list of bullet points. This is a nightmare. Anyway, 10 Let's years go. later, just recently, Petty is releasing EDC with Murphy's Magic, which is a receipt trick. It's a version of an, an old magic principle printed onto receipts. It turns out that Weber, Mike Weber, and Tim Trono did this in the past in Real Secrets back in 2012. Real Secrets was a very, very, very secretive subscription where everyone in it uh, was sworn to secrecy, couldn't perform publicly on YouTube and couldn't tell anyone what was in there. Um, but anyway, they email Craig Petty and they request he pull the release. Petty took this to be quite uh, accusational and he felt threatened. So he says that's why he took it to YouTube and made a one hour long rant covering the situation without naming Weber or Trono. He felt that Red was happening again, only this time he was innocent. God, I can't recap this because also you should know that 10 years ago, the whole Red situation made Petty leave magic. God, you're going to have to just read the article online. Anyway, people <laughs> in the Magic Cafe figured out it was Weber and Trono. Weber was called out for a sock puppet account in the cafe called New Guy, which he'd used 20, for 20 years, mostly or most of the time, to comment on Weber-related uh, things on the cafe and promote his own work. New Guy declared that Petty won, but there was still no real admission that New Guy was Weber. Um, he wrote, or they wrote, Dear Mr. Petty, you win, which is very iconic. Um, oh, and also there's a receipt trick that may have been done the same way in the 90s, uh, long before Craig and, and Weber. But, uh, but yeah, how did I do? You know what? Better than chat GPT, but I do have a question. Is that Weber with one day or two days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. God. Yeah, and there was a big dispute over how you spell Weber's name, which is definitely with... Uh, with which with is one, iconic one because thing. the new guy account uh, misspelled Weber on several occasions uh, with two Bs. Uh, and it's not yes. two Bs. It's one B. Uh, so that answers that yeah. question. Two B or not to be. Um, my, my favorite part of this was... Like, you know, we, you and I were talking about the story when it went back and forth with the EDC. And to me, I was like, right, yeah, okay, these are bigger names, but it's the same thing we have every week, which is I created that trick first, <laughs> and mm -hmm. I own it, which is just, I mean, look, I'll write about this at some point, but I, I think the fact that you create anything proves that anyone else could, like, it's just, anyway, you, everyone, if you've read my book, it's literally yeah. called Only Ideas. Like, you know my opinion on this kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely. Which is why I keep it out of the the newsletter coverage. But what I was going to say is that this story definitely became interesting when it, it got to this point where Craig Petty quite theatrically, like a speech from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, a huge <laughs> new guy of being, of being Michael Weber, because then a oh, new guy started mis was misspelling Weber's name. He, he also switched to British English, which I, I was like obsessed with. Confused because, both like, of us. Confused that, both of us. <laughs> Was that like a ploy to be like, I'm not Michael Weber, I'm British. Like, I don't know. I'm it was, I, I can't I, be Weber. And we had to, oh, and he'd and never like, spelled color with American English before. Oh, it was, oh, it was, and, it was, and here's the it thing. was, what like, a story. In this story, like we had, like, I made a joke on Instagram, uh, go follow us on Instagram, where I was like, we could have a whole nother article from the cutting room floor because of how much we had to cut out. Um, cause like there was all this stuff with, uh, a guy on the magic cafe called pseudo who got hacked after he revealed that it was Michael Weber. Um, there is a lot of people coming forward to both of us privately going, Hey, you Weber has done this in the past. And it was it, like the amount of stuff we had to cut to get it down to 600, 6,000 words was fascinating because it was like, how do you cut? Like, 
it was a lot. It was a strange. It was a strange story to try and summarize. Which is why we just sort of just made it into just a timeline of of um of events. By the way, do you know pseudo Nim was his name on on the Magic Cafe? It literally. Uh, this is how smart the writers of One Ahead are. I only realized that it's meant yeah. to sound like pseudonym like two days ago. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> it's in all of the articles, I just say pseudo wrote this. And for some reason, I just yeah. assumed pseudo was like a real name when I was writing it originally. And then, yeah, it was only the other day where I was like, oh, pseudonym. This is a pseudonym. It's not the real. I'm, so anyway, bear that in mind whenever you read a one ahead article about how how, uh, how cleverly written they are. Like, we're just dumbasses. Um, so anyway, I think the story did unlock. Um, look, I, I don't want to get into the conversation about who owns what. Um objectively they are the same trick i think we can say that um, oh absolutely objectively <laughs> objectively i think a lot of people have had the same idea anyway so uh, anyway I, I was gonna say we didn't even get to the part where uh, someone else actually uh with uh, alleged permission posted uh the original trick online uh from real secrets and how they're i didn't yeah oh my god yeah i forgot i forgot that the jerks was involved in this story too it's literally the I, i'm trying so badly to keep this to <laughs> what's meant to be a 10 minute segment but this could be a five episode podcast yeah the jerks also published the tutorial the for the, yeah. the original real secrets magazine i assume with permission from weber and then immediately took it down like in during mm-hmm. the middle of all this controversy like took it down after 30 minutes but we got to see that and so so we definitely did. So we did see what what the real secrets version was, and it is a, yeah. it is pretty much the same. It's a very like, uh, well, it's a very well, concise let, version of what what Petty's managed to do. And th- isn't that the most insane part of this? Is the fact that yeah, Craig Petty has has recorded a six hour tutorial for a receipt trick. I think that's the most impressive thing. But I will say this: <laughs> if you are interested in yeah. finding out all the details, if you want all the juicy details. Please go over to oneahead.com uh, and you can read all of it. Uh, but I think right now we probably need to head on to the comment section because there's some interesting stuff said there. We do. And we should tell you that we've shortened some of these for clarity because it got Woo! juicy. People wrote some really, really long, long, uh, long comments. Essays, so, Essays um, baby. We've, we've cut them up as much as best we can. The full comments can be read on the article. Obviously, it's free, so you can, uh, you can give it a read. But yeah, Marty Jacobs said, and this is interesting because... Uh, like I said, there, there wasn't much, no one really knew about Real Secrets. There wasn't much about it online, which is why Craig Petty couldn't find, well, it's why he says he couldn't find that the trick had been done before. People have posted their copies online. Obviously, we saw the jerks uh, scan. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, Marty Jacobs uh, posted on the one ahead comments. I was an early subscriber of Real Secrets, and I remember this release. Some of the tricks were great, but most were disappointing rehashes of ancient principles. I think this release falls into the later category and doesn't war- warrant this level of drama. The collective behavior of Craig Petty, Murphy's Magic, and Michael Weber is embarrassing. It almost makes me ashamed to call myself a magician. It would have been almost impossible for Craig to know about age receipts because Michael Weber insisted the tricks remain exclusive to members. As I, If I remember correctly, to become a member of Real Secrets, you had to agree not to share any of the tricks with magicians who are non-members or published variations oh it's like a cult (laughs) (laughs) i'm so glad that magic is coming out of this like land of secrets that it was like so deep in in the past and shout outs to marty jacobs who like that's a phenomenal comment because it really hashes up the issues with this whole situation in a very concise manner a much more concise than either of us 
Yeah, how did he do that? We need to hire him as a writer. Um, David Ong said, just when we thought, just when we thought last week's article was the peak of the controversy, a few receipts found in the bottom of a shopping bag could take center stage. I feel like uh, had they tried to talk to each other, they'd be able to work something out. It's happened one way or another before the release comes out with an extra credit or they stop the release and take the financial loss, which happened with Sans Minds previously with a frog card trick. Uh, what do you think about this, Nathan? Um, I definitely agree. Uh, it was one of those things to me where, um, I'll be honest, uh, the magic industry side of stuff, I, I really don't know all that much about when it comes to like how tricks are produced and through the different companies. But Murphy's had an option to either credit Michael Weber uh, on the product, him, uh, Murphy's and Craig Petty, they could credit Michael Weber or they could have just pulled it. And I think either options would have been more than okay with the rest of the community at large. Um, I just think that a bunch of egos got in the way from seeing a very clear path forward. Um, or even like invite Michael Weber to be on the product with him. Oh God, I don't know what happened. Well, that's the, <laughs> the problem is we don't know the backstory of Weber and, and Petty. So we don't, it, yeah. I don't know. It, it, I think people have said since that they didn't actually want them to pull the product, but I think that if you have in an email, pull the product. <laughs> it's like I'm it's sure that's a very clear clarification of, hey, pull the product. I didn't want them to pull the product. Oh, well. Yeah, but then some people start there and hope that they'll negotiate somewhere in the middle. Like, uh, I, I don't know. It, it's difficult to say what people actually wanted, which is why we just had mm -hmm. to report like what actually happened. Exactly. But I will say that I can imagine this situation is difficult for Murphy's because as the world's largest wholesaler of magic, they undoubtedly get emails every single week from creators saying, hey, this trick is mine. Hey, this trick mm -hmm. was copied. Hey, when they, because they publish everything basically and they don't really, yeah. they'll, they'll take anything. That's that's kind of their, their MO, is that the word? Um, yeah. So what's hard for them in this situation is I think if they pass judgment on this and they pull it or they add a credit or they, if they do anything, then mm -hmm. they don't really have a leg to stand on when people contact them next week about another trick because, you know, they they have this kind of mentality of, well, we don't get mm -hmm. involved, sort it out amongst yourselves. So it's hard to know what they should sort of do in this situation. Yeah. It's tricky. Anyway, Glenn said, finding out something predates you shouldn't mean jumping straight to pulling, but rather straight to reaching out to the original publisher for permission. Then if they refuse, you should consider pulling it. Yeah, I mean, and that's very much in the same vein, right? If you... It's I don't know. It's such a silly. It's it's receipts, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Richie Flo said, "Such a great dramatic magical read. I hope there is some resolution at some point." Well, oh boy, Richie, did you know, we have mate. news for you. <laughs> <laughs> so there ended up being a part two. Um, what did we title it, Nathan? Uh, we ended up going with "New Guys Assemble." Uh, I'm pretty proud of that pun. Um, given given what happened next, I still think we should have went with a friend in Mead, but you know I'm biased. Um, and that joke will make sense here in a second because after New Guy announced that Petty had won, uh, not much happened. Uh, things kind of slowly died down, and Petty released the trick, and he even credited Weber. Uh, people stopped looking through Weber's post history on the New Guy's account, and then out of nowhere, uh, Eric Mead arrived on the scene and announced that for a brief time and only occasionally he was also New Guy. Um, this was met with a lot of backlash. <laughs> this was met with a lot of backlash. And then, uh, because of the backlash, uh, our good friend and expert at the Magic Cafe table, Jason England, appeared. Uh, and he also said that he might or might not have been new guy. He doesn't recall if he was. 
Um, and that was met with more backlash. He said he definitely wasn't, and then he also said he he may have he been. He might have been, because so. he doesn't remember. Um, and then, oh, out God. of nowhere, out of nowhere, the guy from Facebook, who we all know and love, Rick Lax, came on the scene and, ex- and expressed his opinions and his experience with what Craig Petty so aptly titled the Magic Mafia. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming ChatGPT also didn't want to concise this one down either. Uh, ChatGPT did not, which is why I'm pretty impressed uh, that you did a pretty good job of it. So congratulations. Um, you can read the full story at oneahead.com instead. Uh, oh, but we should we should talk about it first um, because I should say, holy, did you expect any of this stuff to happen after the first story? Um, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I, I've said this to you. I've said it to some of my other magic friends. I have made a life in magic without being on the magic cafe. I have never spent so much time on the Magic Cafe than when Jason England uh, referenced this incident with the new guy account to be the same as Deshaun. You're a huge uh, Michael Weber fan. You're like a fanboy. Absolutely. I'm a fanboy. I I have spent a lot of money with Michael Weber. I think a lot of his ideas are brilliant, um, but uh, doesn't change the fact (laughs) that him and a collective acted as new guy. Um, which is just funny. If it's a it's, collective, though, uh, it's so well, because, weird. It's so weird, and we haven't heard from Michael Weber. And the only no, the only way we no, actually know that true. Michael Weber is new guy is oh, we have, we have because rest in peace, Bob King. But he announced that Bob King was dead. The the new guy account, who we can only well, assume. No, n- new guy announced that. This is what I, this is why we had to like be really careful when we wrote the story because. Like yeah. at the end of last the week before story, it ended with new guys saying, "Dear Mister Petty, you win." And we had to be really careful when we wrote the story and say, like, this doesn't actually prove that Michael Weber is new guy. It, exactly. it doesn't really prove anything, to be honest. But Eric Mead's uh, like announcement statement, his announcement literally started with Michael Weber is new guy, but, but so, so was, was I. I, which was like it was iconic. Like, I, these, it's just like Real Housewives, man. And what else was so odd about this all is that, like, he even started his statement with like a real secret, like a pun, and it just like it felt yeah. like he was, in, it, it felt like he was like not brewing the drama, or but like at least embracing it. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was strange. And then to have, so he was, he basically said that he was, he didn't say that he was new guy. He said he would occasionally, new guy would occasionally post on his behalf, but fifteen years ago, and only occasionally. Jason yeah. England said he knew about New Guy's collective aspect. Um, he said it wasn't him, but then he also said that he may have taken up the offer of New Guy posting on his path, but he can't remember. It was just like bizarre and like just very strange because it felt like the story had been put to bed and people had moved on. But because of this, people started going through New Guy's post history like crazy. People were tracking his sleep patterns. <laughs> I love the magic community. We are so weird. I like, I think that what kills me is speaking of sleep patterns, Jason England was arguing about this at 4am. Like, get some yeah. Sleep. I mean, if he was in, if, if he was in Vegas, yeah, if he was in Vegas, he was, he yeah, was or, or I'm assuming, I'm assuming he was in Vegas. So uh, Mr. England, if you were not in Vegas and it was not 4am, my apologies. He might but, have been in, in the UK having breakfast. Who knows? But but I should say, you know, and like I, I wrote about this in the story, but in Spider Man, when like all the villains and superheroes like suddenly start appearing, that's how it felt when 
Eric Mead, because they're both so hugely respected. And then Rick Lacks appearing too out of nowhere to share his experience with. And then he, he gets public apologies police. from the Magic Cafe. Like, I think that's my favorite yo. thing about how the article ended. He was just like, yo, here's my experience. Uh, and he, he adds, like, we're not going to get into it. I don't want to get into it. But he has some beef with Craig Petty too. It's a lot. But then, like, he just came in and shared his experience. And then people are like, yo, Rick, I'm, I'm really sorry for cyberbullying you. It's just like, this is an odd turn of events. I agree. The, 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 the most surprising thing about this, and it's not the fact that Eric Mead is a new guy too. <laughs> the, most, the most surprising thing about this for me was that there are people who had hundreds of posts on the Magic Cafe who were saying to Rick Lax, I found Magic because of you and your Magic tricks you released on Penguin are what got me mm-hmm. so hooked on Magic to begin with. I just, in my head, I never thought that, I, I knew people had got into Magic through Rick Lax, like un, undeniably, he, mm-hmm. huge reach. His Penguin products, uh, uh, people love them and they're really so already well. But something about it, I just didn't associate like Rick Lax fans magicians who found magic through him to be people Mm. who are on the cafe i just always assume the cafe are like these people from like the 90s like i I don't know why like i just i will i just that was like a shock to me i just assume if you found magic through rick lax it may have been through facebook and if you go to the magic cafe you are chronically online so it makes sense to me it's a weird green magic forum, isn't it? And it's it's it's, it's not on the wrong side of it. It's it's awful. It's awful. Like I, I it, there's a lot of trolling. There's a lot of doxing that goes on there. A lot of people they'll you know find like and people in this story, people uncovered parts of their history that I'm sure they wouldn't have wanted sort of mm-hmm. so publicly online. Like mm-hmm. it's not a nice place. But the one thing they can tell me is my sleeping patterns are actually fairly stable, so they'll know my. <laughs> that's a good point why why have a sleep app when you can just post on the magic cafe for 20 years then get in a public feud like then you know then you can tell if you're sleeping well um you can read the full story at oneahead.com instead of reading the comments um i thought maybe nathan would you like to play a quick game of, of something i'm calling new guy or no guy oh this sounds fun uh how do we start you did not know about this game i did not <laughs> Um, so I'm going to read a quote. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to read a quote to you. Um, and it's either going to be something that New Guy wrote on the Magic mm-hmm. Cafe over the past 20 years. Or it will be something that No Guy wrote because it, uh, okay. I made it up. I like it. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Ready? And brace yourself. So quote number one. I told Weber about your little dinner party performance, and he said he is not going to give you any more treats if you are bad again. Oh, oh, oh. Was that new guy or no guy? Oh, God. Uh, and also, also, what a, what a, what a quote. What a quote. Uh, I told Weber about your little dinner party performance, and he said he is not going to give you any more treats if you are bad again. If that's Weber with one B, it is, it is no guy. That's final answer. Uh, it, it, they they spelt Weber with two B's and it is new guy. Does that mean you were I correct? I was correct. I was correct. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> one one point. That, that was new guy, if you can believe it. Right, next up. Uh, this is in a That's thread about a Weber trick. <laughs> I think it's kind of badass for one of the name magicians to let his magic speak to his speak for itself. That was uh, a comment about a Weber trick. I think it's kind of badass for one of the name magicians to let his magic speak for itself. It reminds me of that one chess player who got caught cheating who goes, the chess speaks for itself. So I'm going to go with this was new guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that was New Guy, which I really, I don't know, like whether or not that was Weber writing it or someone else. I mean, it's not Eric Mead because Eric Mead said Eric Mead said he stopped posting 15 years ago. But whether or not that was Weber or someone else, I, the irony of using a sock puppet account to say how great you think it is that the magician lets his magic speak for himself. <laughs> it's the magic, the magic speaks powerful. for itself, says the guy who does the magic. I love it. Allegedly. Allegedly. Exactly. No lawsuits. No right, lawsuits so, for us. I was hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, please let me do this. I was hanging around when you performed for Arpa Wilson and Weber. Do not assume the fact that they were polite and entertained means they were fooled. So this person was hanging around oh when someone performed for Arpa Wilson and that, Weber. Is it new guy? This just no sounds guy? really mean. <laughs> I'm gonna go with no guy. I'm really hoping it's no guy <laughs> because that hurt that person's feelings. That was Aww. new guy. I, I hate to break it to you. That was that was that was new guy. All right, final okay. one. Here we go. Michael Weber created this trick 10 years before you did, and he's also great in both. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, oh God. So that's actually a trick question. That's something I, I posted. That's something you posted. That's exactly what it <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Tyler Lunsford here, and I love One Ahead Club so much that I decided to become a paid subscriber on the collector tier. If you enjoy listening to the podcast and reading the free post, why not become a subscriber too? Viable content like this takes time to produce and it does a world of good for the community. Consider supporting One Ahead by visiting oneahead.com slash subscribe. Now enjoy the rest of the podcast. So the post is called Learn a Prediction Trick for Casual Performances. It's the last, uh, paid members get four posts a month. It was the last of the, the four posts. Okay, so that sounds like a carefully written title to kind of make sure that professional magicians don't get too upset when they uh, learn the method. You're, you're so wise, Nathan, because that is exactly what it is. Because, well, uh, let me tell you about it. Uh, the article describes a magic trick called Alarmed, which is suitable for casual performances. The performer takes out a deck of cards and asks three colleagues to select a card each. The performer had already set an alarm on their phone, which goes off after a few minutes, revealing a message that matches the selected card and the name of the colleague that the three people then selected. The trick relies on a magic principles like card forces and multiple outs with a variation that uses partial stooges. Chat GBT, you did a wonderful job. I'm very proud of you. I can't wait for you to be our overlord one day. You did a great job. See, we can use ChatGPT every month, just not for the 6,000 words. Absolutely, word, uh, absolutely not. Um, yeah, no, I love this effect. Uh, I love the thinking behind it. Uh, without getting too much into the method, uh, what really, and like I've played with different stuff like this. I'm, I'm a very casual performer. I perform for friends and family and acquaintances, stuff like that. Um, and what I love about this is how the principles kind of cancel each other out. I, the principles were, I think, I don't know, I, I, we talk a lot about principles on one ahead because I think one of the things that's so fascinating about a magic newsletter is that you can talk about stuff that you wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to package up and sell. Like, uh, for example, this is a trick that uses multiple mm -hmm. outs. If you released a trick that included multiple outs, someone like Scott Perry would be understandably deeply upset and probably make a scathing magic review because he's a professional magician and not the kind of a trick like this is just not right for those kind yeah. of people. Um, this is like something you can perform for friends and family where you know the name of the people you're performing for up front, like stuff like that. Um, Although, and also, you know, even the, even the, the fact that there's a variation I talked about with partial stooges, like imagine releasing a trick that involved a stooge, people would lose their, but on the, on the newsletter, people love it. They get really excited about this kind of well, stuff. Well, I can say as a casual performer, I can't tell you how many times I've used my friends as partial stooges, right? So 
handing a gimmick key to one of my friends to put on his key ring so later on that night I can take the key back and do something with it. Or um Yeah, and we and we should talk about what partial stooges are because it was it was like an afterthought in the post, but I'll write about it in the future. People don't really talk about this. I think people see stooging as like mm-hmm. very binary. Uh, you know, instant stooging and stooging are the two main ones that people think about. And so a stooge or um, people call them confederates in America, yes. is that right? Uh, which has negative connotations. Let's go with stooge. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't like, I, I, to me, the stooge makes more sense to me because they're not always, they're not always, yeah, they're not always like, wise to the con. Necessarily like a part yeah. of your team. Or whatever, yeah. So, a stu- so a stooge, a stooge normally is someone who knows how the trick is done. And when most magicians talk about stooges, they're thinking about someone who is involved in the trick, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and understands how the whole method works and is not fooled. Mm-hmm. That's the the most important thing about a stooge. So, for example, you might tell someone say this this card later, and so when you read their mind and the card is right, they're not fooled and they were a stooge and involved in the trick. A partial stooge, which isn't talked about a lot, is someone who only knows how mm-hmm. part of the trick is done, and therefore they are still fooled, perhaps not as uh, foolingly as, as other people, but they still enjoy the trick, they still have a genuine reaction to it, and it's that's, that's kind of what a, what, a, yeah. what a partial stooge is. It's essentially, it's essentially long-form dual reality in a way. It's long-form dual reality. They might not be getting the whole trick, and they might know how some of it works, but they're going to also have a good experience with it. Yeah, but I would say that with dual reality, which is another magic principle, normally they're... There's a separate effect. They don't know how yeah, exactly. the trick is yeah. done. Um, they just don't understand that a different thing's happening. Whereas in this case, if you're telling your friend, hey, put this key on mm-hmm. your keychain, they're a stooge at that point because they know that they're not, they know the key, ch- key isn't real and they know they're not being borrowed, but they might not know what the gimmick is or how it works. So they're still fooled by the trick itself. That, that, or you can switch the key back in, you know, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, exactly. But so they're fooled in, in some ways, but exactly. not, not in entire ways. Um, so for example, like, if someone is stooge to say a specific, make a specific choice, mm-hmm. but they don't know how the secret to the trick following it works, I would count them as a, as a partial stooge. Um, but yeah, so I think that's probably like the, the little hidden gem in that post. I think it's like, it's, it's people just don't, people just really see stooges as being very bi- binary and magicians are afraid to use stooges, even though like every magician, uh, well, a lot of magicians do. Gotta be careful yeah, don't say all. Me not no, no lawsuits. It's ironic if that's how we get no, sued. No lawsuits, <laughs> please we... and thank you. Um, yeah, no, uh, going back to the uh, effect in total, I think this is something that, that's so great because, like, I have a post on one ahead that you can read about all different ways to force cards. So it's one of those things, if you just know how to force three playing cards and you know who those playing cards are going to and you have this set up, you're going to be in phenomenal shape for one of those little dinner time miracles for friends and family. That's just going to add an extra layer of impossibility to it. Um, so it is so exciting when the, when the alarm goes off, like, cause people think that something's gone wrong or, um, you know, if during a magic performance an alarm goes off, people are not, not people, normally that's a bad thing. <laughs> um, do you remember the magician? Who was it who was like, you only need one, one card force and like a hundred, rev- a thousand reveals and, and you've got like Vernon. a thousand tricks. Die Vernon. That, but, um, there you go. This is why I've got you because you can, but you're my resident magic. Exactly. Man, so Absolutely. I can fact check everything magical with you. Die Vernon. But yeah, I'd love to write a post like 
a thousand ways to reveal a card. I'm sure that's already been done, but um, but hey ho, you can read the full story. I will say this before we before oh. we close out about this effect. It doesn't have to be three people, guys. I was ready. To I know, close but out. it doesn't have to be three people. Maybe it's just a binary out. It's just two outs, and you can still use three people. Uh, I'm, I'm just putting that out there. I'm gonna give you guys time to think about that. Also, maybe maybe it's. Maybe it's overcomplicated anyway. Maybe it's just a force in the reveal. Why did we have? Why, why did we have to make it so complicated? Why don't we just have? Because someone... I forgot my Svengali deck. Why didn't we just do that? That's. Why don't we just? We could have just done that. Pick a card. <laughs> your alarm goes off. Oh, why do we make things so complicated? It is quite nice though. I do one of the things which which we'll talk about now because you can read the full uh, trick on onehead.com. But if you look at the comment section, Pete McCabe. Uh, is that how you say it? Please? McCabe, I, I think. If McCabe. that's the name, I mispronounced. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think it's McCabe. Yeah, he'll he'll be he'll be quick to correct us. He's a lovely, lovely person. Um, great stuff. More and more, I am drawn to tricks where the spectators have to make a collective decision, especially for casual mm -hmm. performing situations. Um, this is a reference to in the trick, you, three people choose cards, and then you say, okay, now choose amongst yourselves which person and which card are we going to use. Um, and I agree wholeheartedly with with this. I think it's such, such, such a good, especially, like you said, you might not want to do it for an audience of 300, but in a casual performing situation to, to get all of your friends and just say like, you know, pick a card, guys. Like, what card are you mm -hmm. going to come up with? It's way more engaging. I think a lot of magicians would be like, okay, friend number one, name a color. Friend yeah. number two, name a, name a suit. And it's like, what about if you just said to your friends, hey, guys, I need a card. Like, what, what card are you guys yeah. going to come up with and it, it, that's like more engaging i don't know it's, it's interesting. when you give people the opportunity in a especially a casual performance uh situation to make a decision that they get to talk about and think about before they actually make the decision it definitely deepens the impact of the effect in my opinion mm -hmm. and it's something we don't see a lot because it's hard to capture that in mm -hmm. a trailer for a trick that you're selling that people want it to be the same. Anyway, wow, I've just become so anti-magic product. I gotta be, I gotta turn that one down. Um, Shark Trager, Shark, how do you say this? Shark Traeger? Shark Traeger. I've met this this person at Blackpool and they were lovely, um, but I, I hope they are listening to this so they can hear firsthand that I always read their name as Sharknado for some reason. <laughs> my, my thing. Every time I reminded of the, the, the motion picture classic, Shark Sharknado. Um, he wrote, great ideas, so many ways to run with this. And then Christian Koenig. Koenig uh, I like the idea, but I'm not sure I understood how to predict the chosen person. This would require nine outs. Um, we answered this on the newsletter, so you can go to the comment section and see a more detailed uh, response. But for anyone who felt the same, because maybe we weren't that clear in the article, there are only mm. three outs because you're forcing specific cards to specific people. Um, so you only need three outs and uh, and not nine yeah. outs. Although, yeah, although you could go. make it nine outs. Uh, also one thing, I know that you have a new uh, card game coming out. Uh, you don't have to use playing cards. You can use the cards from the name of the game and have three people think of three questions and you predict that too. But I, I can't believe you would use this podcast to promote something else i'm doing <laughs> i'm a shill <laughs> name of the game at one kickstarter i'm now. a shill all right uh, i think we've had enough talking about yeah nathan nathan is an ai generated voice that i made you're my sock absolutely uh, i will be more than happy to take that title um i think we've had enough fun talking about this month in one ahead history because that's what it feels like uh 
through all of this going on, uh, me and you were in constant communication because you were at Blackpool and you were at the Blackpool Magic Convention. So how was that? I was at the Blackpool Magic Convention. I have mixed feelings about Blackpool every year. It's it's a weird old place that I can't believe I've been going to for like uh, over 10 years now. And every year I'm I'm just as amazed by how many magicians there are and how all of them are men and how rainy Blackpool is. But it's a strange place. I, we were there this year with the One Ahead booth. It was really nice for Roman and I to meet everyone. Um, so I didn't get to see much of the convention, but I did. We closed the booth. So I could see Mario the Makers show. Have you have you heard yes, of Mario? Yes, he the has uh he did a penguin live act and it was amazing. And then he also did something with Vanishing Inc. and he has two books. Um I'm a huge Mario fan. I think he's one of the true hidden gems in magic left. I'm so glad that one of us is a magic <laughs> lad. It, it 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 helps the podcast tremendously. So I knew about him because I think I feel like Ozzy Wynn made a little documentary about him. I think on YouTube, yeah. He had a show. Um, we closed the booth. We went and saw it. And basically, the the the, the bottom level of the theater was, was full of children and their parents and families. And above, every level above was magicians. So we got to kind of like watch a show that he was performing for families. And oh my God, it was amazing. It might be the best show I've ever seen at Blackpool. And the kids uh, adored him. They were screaming they were laughing they were jumping up and down like he had kids on stage and they were so cute it honestly it, 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 marry the maker show made me want to have kids which is which says a lot because that's not something i normally want so fair play to him it was very very impressive over lockdown a lot of his little clips went viral because he basically makes he makes all of his magic and he makes lots of little robots from junk and random stuff he's found around the house. It's kind of like, it's very exciting if you're a kid or a kid in an adult's body where it's like, oh my God, it's it's just like fun, handmade stuff that does He uses magic. servo motors. There should be no reason to use servo motors in magic. <laughs> <laughs> there should be no reason to do that. I love, I love, I love that. that should be his tagline. Mario the Maker. He uses servo motors. Like, come on, guys. Like, that's awesome. It's awesome. This podcast was written and produced by Rory Adams and was co-hosted by Rory and Nathan Wilson. Hey, that's me. All these stories can be read in full at oneahead.com. Be sure to comment on upcoming stories to get featured in the podcast next month. We did it. That actually was not as bad as I anticipated. Because, like, after everything's edited down. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping that in. I'm keeping that in. Wow, we've got better. We've got better. That, that should be the opening. That should be the code open. This wasn't as bad as I, I thought it was going to be. Uh. <laughs> I love that your impression of yourself <laughs> I can't believe you increase your accent when you do your own impression. That's amazing. That's, All right, that's okay. I'm, I'm going to stop. We're stopping. We're ending. <laughs>